guys. Thanks for listening to Library Overload. This is Susie. And this is Tavia. As always, check out our blog. We'll list all of the books we talk about today, and we've got a bunch to talk about, and that's libraryoverload.home.blog. We also have an Instagram account where we're active on there, and that is Library Overload. And if you love us, please, please, please go rate us, review us on any podcast platform you use. Thanks. All right, today is what we've been reading. Yay! Yes. It's our first of the year. I'm very excited. <laughs> I love these episodes. I mean, I love all of our episodes pretty much, mm-hmm. but the what we've been reading, I think really our personalities come through of what, what we pick to read oh, yeah. outside of everything else, which is yeah. pretty cool. I Sometimes it'll be totally sporadic, but then sometimes there's really weird themes. Mm-hmm. And today I've got like a funny theme. Oh, that's funny. Not funny I guess but it's just like huh I didn't even notice that I did it yeah until I was listing them out and I was like oh well how about that <laughs> that's humorous I like it <laughs> you're humorous I know <laughs> I'm very cute <laughs> so yeah our first what we've been reading of the year we haven't done this since November but then Susie got married in December so she like took a whole hiatus so I have more books to talk about well also depression is a bitch and I can't read. Like, I just yeah. I just cannot sit down and make myself read, mm-hmm. even though it's, like, my favorite thing of all time. Yeah. Like, it's just something about my specific type of depression. Like, it's just like, oh, no, and, like, none of that for you. Yeah. So, I've been trying really hard, and, like, uh, there have been a couple of books that I was like, I'm going to try. Like, I picked up Aragon, which is my Aww. all-time fave, and I've gotten, like, halfway through it. It's just... Taking me so much longer. Yeah. But I'm getting, I'm working on it. I see a lot of people online that, um, in groups that we interact with, reading groups and stuff, that talk about how depression is a real struggle for their reading lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally haven't experienced it, but it's it's interesting to to see, you know, I, I, I didn't realize that that would be a thing, you know, that your favorite thing would then become something that's I know. tedious. I know. So it's definitely interesting. Yeah, and I've never, I probably made it until about my mid-20s before I actually had experiences with depression, which I was very fortunate. Mm -hmm. Some people deal with it their entire lives. So I've only had it for like five, six years, but it really does like, to me, it just completely shuts down everything inside of me Mm -hmm. to where like I can't enjoy things that I normally enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so I just sit on the couch. I don't bake like I love to bake. Mm -hmm. I don't read and I love to read favorite movies aren't enjoyable Mm, like it's just nothing is happy and it's just miserable so i'm going to get through it (laughs) you will tomorrow is a better day everybody send good vibes i put on real pants today (laughs) so it's looking up that's definitely good Mm -hmm. and it's just you know you go through if you deal with depression you understand sometimes Mm -hmm. it just shows up yeah. I have dealt with depression and anxiety for a long, long time. It just never has affected me or manifested in the way it, it does for you. Is different. Yeah. yeah. Mine just makes me more cranky. Okay. And depression and anxiety is also a symptom of like unaddressed anger. So that's kind of how mine manifests. So 
See, mine is none of that. Mine is I won't even argue with you because it's too much effort. Mm. Like, I'll just be like, you know what? You're right. You could tell me that the sky is yellow. I'd be like, you know what? I think you're right. We'll just leave it alone. Like, it just zaps every bit of mm-hmm. fire within me. Aww. And it's just. And that's I'm the not... foundation on which our friendship is built, you insulting I me. So, I know. You know. I have none of it today. <laughs> so I will be lovely to work with today. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, hopefully, talking about some, some good reads will help cheer yes. you up. Yes. But I will say, at the beginning of our friendship, I I said to you, um, I feel personally victimized. Like the the quote from Mean Girls. Yes. And that's kind of like the that's that is the foundation on which our friendship was built. Yes. yes. <laughs> you insulting me and me living with it. But I think a lot of friendships are like that. So, oh yeah. You know. If you can't insult your closest friends, like right. are you truly friends? <laughs> right, right, for sure. And also, it's always good to remember that you have people here that yeah. are you know supporting you yes I have people that are checking on me I have like and I'm responding it's just I'll get through it yeah. eventually one of these days it will not be so cloudy mm-hmm. and I will be okay yes maybe tomorrow well how about talking about death will that help absolutely give it to me all right so I think I talked about it in our cozy episode but I went on a bit of an Agatha Christie kick okay um because I do love I do love Agatha Christie <laughs> I've got to try her again. Yes. Maybe since you've read several of hers now, you can tell me what you think I would, it would be a good fit for me. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I can do this. I also got so into my Agatha Christie kick that I went back and watched the Doctor Who episode where they go to meet <gasps> Agatha Christie. With the bees. Yes. yes. It, that was just a lot of fun. I love Doctor Who. I've got to yeah. get back in that. Me too. It put me in like a, just a fun Christie mindset. So I read, and then there were none for Mm -hmm. our cozy episode and that was really cool this is another one that's kind of a standalone even though it's technically a colonel race book which is one of her lesser known characters okay i was gonna say never heard yeah like you have miss marple and hercule Poirot. this is colonel race and she wrote him later in her life but yeah he's really just not in this one all that much it's it's more I, i thought more of a standalone but this is sparkling cyanide by Agatha Christie and this was recommended to me by one of our listeners on Instagram way back last year when I read Murder at the Vicarage. Oh nice. Yes with the vicar. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why it makes me just so happy. Because it's from Fred. Yeah. The vicar. The vicar won't be back till morning. (laughs) (laughs) But yes so this was sparkling cyanide. Well, this is a really intriguing premise. I mean, all of all of hers are. Like, I don't even know how her brain came up with all of this nonsense. <laughs> but basically, Rosemary Barton was murdered one year ago today. And it was at her birthday. Huh. Well, she, she wasn't murdered. She died. Okay. At the time, they ruled it suicide. Okay. But someone has mysteriously gathered the group of people who were there celebrating her birthday. Mm-hmm. And... One exact year later at the same place, and one of them murdered her. Oh. Yes. So they thought it was suicide, but it turns out that it was murder, and then somebody has brought them all together to have dinner to sluice out the murderer. Oh, my goodness. That does kind of remind me of the premise of, and then there were none. Yes. Like, a group of people were all kind of tricked Mm -hmm. into being together in order Mm -hmm. to figure out 
a yeah. murderer. So that's very interesting. Yes. Yes. Well, at the at the beginning of and then there were none. You don't really know that that's why they're all there. Okay. I mean, if you know much about Agatha Christie, you probably do. But in this one, you know from the beginning that Rosemary died one year ago and that they're coming back together to figure out who has murdered her. There okay. Six people have been brought back together. Her sister, her husband... Some friends of theirs that is a married couple, mm-hmm. her husband's secretary, and it was the secretary, and her, uh, <laughs> and it could have been that she was having an affair. It could have been that the husband was having an affair. It could have just been any number of things. Like pretty much everyone had a motive, except maybe the sister. Okay. Although the sister inherited money from yeah, sisters will murder sisters. Yeah. I contemplated killing my brother when we were growing up, so. <laughs> I'm sure sure that I've thought about that once mm-hmm. or twice. Shout out to my sister. She's getting married this week. Yes. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Yeah. Very excited. Very excited. It's going to be low-key, but very excited. Congratulations, oh. Andrea. And that's all I have to say about Agatha Christie. All right. My next one is a middle-grade graphic novel you have been on a middle grade kick for sure i know they're just they're easy they're sweet they're fun and so this one was really easy to read so this one is el defo by cc bell and i can't remember if i've mentioned this my mother is deaf and so my theme today is books about deaf people oh um and i didn't even realize i was doing that interesting um but i've heard about el defo for a while now If you're doing some sort of reading challenge, this will be a good one for a person with disability or something in that Mm -hmm. zone. So this one follows Cece. This is an autobiographical graphic novel. That was difficult to say. That was. That was a lot. I got through it. I'm proud of you. So Cece, when she was a child, got very, very sick, ended up deaf. And this was back in the... uh, 70s ish and back then they didn't really have the hearing aids like they do now so cc has to go to school of course Mm -hmm. and so they fit her with these gigantic like earphone-esque huge um hearing aids where Mm. there's a, a little black box that kind of goes down like a necklace oh wow and then the teacher has to speak into a microphone and that is the oh. way that cc can hear the teacher and it's the only way that she can pick out one person's voice in a crowd oh. and so this is called her phonic ear and she's going to a new school she's very concerned that the kids are going to make fun oh. of her because she's got this big contraption on and she has to deal with the teacher checking her mic and make sure everything is working And so she's just really concerned that she's not going to make any friends Mm -hmm. and all of that. Well, she, uh, she and her siblings were watching television together one day and her siblings would always tell her what was going on in the show during the commercial breaks. Well, one day her sibling was kind of afraid to tell her what was on the TV and she was like, no, just tell me. And they said, well, this person couldn't hear and they were making fun of him and they called him El Defo. But instead of taking taking that as an insult, she created this character in her head that was superhero-esque Aww. called El Defo. Nice. And it's always El Defo to the rescue and I'm going to solve these problems and I'll make good friends. And it's just, it's really sweet. It was super cute. Very easy to read. It was, it was precious. And if you've got a kid that you're wanting 
to read about persons that are different than them, I think Aldefa would be a really good choice. Oh, that sounds precious. It's, it is. It was really precious. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> I didn't have any witty repartee for you. I, I'm out of things to say, apparently. <laughs> a year in and it's done. I've dried up. <laughs> Throw the towel. <laughs> done. Okay. My next one is I Can't Make This Up. And that is by Kevin Hart. I've been wanting to read this for a while. Hysterical. Okay, so have you watched any of his stand-up stuff? All of them. Okay. I kept I kept telling myself there's no way that he has more stories that he hasn't shared in his stand-up. Because he mm-hmm. talks about his family life and all of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So did was it the same stuff that he talks about? Or were, did you still learn things? This is actually... I learned things. This is actually the story of his comic career okay so it's the story of where he started well his childhood he talks about his dad and his dad being completely nuts nuts. yeah and he's talked about that on his stand-up before but then he also talks about all of the work he put in and the lucky breaks he got and Mm -hmm. the help he got and and just all of the hard hard work he put Mm in to becoming a stand-up comedian nice okay and Apparently, he talks about his name when he first started out. He wanted to be called Lil' Kev the Bastard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank God someone and talked to him. Yeah, that. there was a um, a guy in Philadelphia, because that's where he's from, and he was like, yeah, no, you, you can't. Yeah, that sounds stupid, so please stop calling yourself that. Thank God. <laughs> but he thought he needed, like, a persona or whatever, and mm-hmm. this story is mostly about him realizing that his life and telling about his life is funny it's enough so yeah i didn't realize that he had done a lot of the stuff that he did like he actually was in soul plane hmm. like and he starred in it way back Interesting. in like the early 2000s and then he didn't catch his break for like almost 17 years later right uh which was is interesting and he was like you know talking about his hustle the whole time mm-hmm. and he's like oh they're talking about this newcomer and he's like no i've been here <laughs> but uh and it also talked about his very um hectic home life with his wife like they were his first wife yes his okay. first wife they were young when they got get married they were kind of abusive to each other mm. cheated on each other a lot and you know so that he talked about that but he also just you know talked about what his life is and that's why i can't make this up like this was my real life it's really funny gotcha. you know all on its own and that's where his comedy started to come from and that's when he started to get good breaks that's when he realized nice. that his own life was where he needed to come from and be genuine gotcha. in himself i like that yeah. we just watched his uh netflix documentary yes so good i'm wanting to watch it. the newest one that just came out yes where like he's talk uh like they're gonna ask him to host the oscars and then he's fired and yeah yeah i want to watch that yeah it starts out with uh he's just been asked to step down from the oscars and him talking about how that feels but then it goes okay so six months before and then it's just all of what goes on before he Mm -hmm. gets to he gets asked Uh and so it's it's really interesting really moving just yeah it was a bit a different side of him yes it's not any comedy it's just his daily life yeah his his hustle it's it's really really interesting yeah and that was a lot of this was his his hustle Mm -hmm. his work ethic and you know talking about how you know 
people say that I just caught a break here or there or whatever, but I really worked my rear off to get to where I am, Mm -hmm. sacrificing, you know, relationships on the way. Mm -hmm. And apparently he has also cheated on his new wife as well. That is discussed in the documentary. Yeah. So apparently monogamy is not a thing that he is a fan of. So, um, yeah, but it was really, really, really funny. It like laugh out loud, cracking up funny. That's good. Yeah. All right, my next one is Hobbin, the deafblind woman that conquered Harvard Law. Oh. And this is an autobiography, and this is written by Hobbin Gurma. I had to look up how to pronounce her name, so I am yeah. 99% sure that is correct. <laughs> uh, she, her parents are from a small country called Eritrea in Africa. They have been in... At the time this was written, they had been in a 30-year war with Ethiopia. So they came from really rough times. And so they they were immigrants to America when she was a child. But they still went and spent their summers in Eritrea. She was born deaf and blind. And because of that, she had to really figure out how to live, how to do things. And she was very much, even as a child, like... Let me do it. I want to do, I want to do it on my own. Um, Speaks very well, just cannot hear you and cannot see you. It's interesting. Most of the people that have uh, hearing issues have speech issues as well, right? No. Just, I thought it was a developmental thing where they couldn't hear the words being said. No, my mother, um, my mother who was born deaf went to school and they taught them how to speak by putting their hands on vocal cords and mimicking Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. I thought that it was because they couldn't hear the way the words sounded. They you couldn't. Would, you would think, yeah. but there is a way to teach. That's really awesome. Speak. Yeah, there's a lot that we don't know as a society about the deaf Ab- world. Absolutely. So this was really interesting to me because I have not spent a lot of time with deafblind people. Yeah. Only just deaf. Mm-hmm. I know how that works. I don't know how being deaf and blind. Yeah, is a thing. So she. Uh, spent her summers in another country, another language. Um, so it's just two completely different worlds that she's living in on top of her disability. But she never called it that, never relied on that as kind of a as a crutch. And so as a child, she worked her way through school. She went to Louisiana to a deaf-blind community and learned how to live by yourself. Oh, that's learned cool. how to fold your your dollars in a way that you know that this is one dollar this is a five dollar like just learned how to be independent so they would have uh, hide and seek as deafblind people like it was just really really neat how they just learned how to be independent so and then she uh, eventually gets a seeing eye dog that she hates at first because they don't trust each other yet. And so it takes them a while to really form that bond. Yeah. She eventually, when she gets to college, she, she develops herself a text to braille communication system. Meaning if I was deaf and blind, I would have a computer system set up so you could type and I would feel as you typed in real time, what you were saying to me. Oh, that's awesome. And then, once you got finished typing, I would respond to you with my voice. That is really cool. She developed developed that on her own and then decided that she wanted to go to law school. Not just any law school, but Harvard. Wow. And does amazing. And now she's mm-hmm. working in Washington 
as an advocate lawyer. And it's just, she went to the White House. She spoke with the Obamas. She spoke with Joe Biden. That's like, amazing. It's just amazing what she's done with her life. Mm-hmm. Just as a normal human being, that would be yeah. amazing. But as someone that is deafblind, it was really, really neat to see things from her perspective. Yes. All of that. It was really cool. That sounds really awesome. It was really neat. And I had never heard of it. I saw it in a book page magazine, which is like, it talks about the next three months. These are the books that are coming out. Happened to see it. And I was like, well, that's going on my list. <laughs> that's so funny. It was, it was really Although she and uh, we talked about la- around this time last year, Tara Westover, they make you feel really good about yourself. I know. <laughs> like, God, I have done nothing. Normal able-bodied people. What are your excuses? I know. Yeah. But no, that's really incredible. It that's was just... very interesting. I kept, I kept pausing me like, what the hell have I done today? Like, <laughs> I, I, I baked cookies. <laughs> I haven't done anything. I did a load of laundry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, we all have small victories. So. Yes. <laughs> I put on pants today. So proud of you. So proud of you. Everyone is super excited about it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So... The next book I'm going to talk about is one that you recommended in our matchmaking episode Yay! so long ago, <laughs> and I had been saving it for our weddings episode and then didn't get to it. What a stupid. I know. <laughs> so I finished this one back in December, uh, and this is The Gown, and that's by Jennifer Robson. It was so good. I'm so it was proud. so, so, so good. It was I'm so much so more proud. than I thought it was going to be. Good. Like, I thought it was just going to be, and for, for you that don't know, it's, the full title is The Gown, A Novel of the Royal Wedding, mm-hmm. and it's about Queen Elizabeth's wedding in, the ni- in 1947 and the embroiderers and seamstresses who work at William Hartnell's studio who make the dress. That she paid for with vouchers. Yes. It was was such a big deal. Yes. She paid for with the the, uh, ration coupons. Mm -hmm. And it was just really, it was beautiful. It um, It ticked a lot of boxes for you. It sure did. It ticked a lot of boxes. And then, like, it was, I I thought it was just going to be about the dress and kind of like about the making of it. But there was this whole other story, these beautiful beautiful characters and just a really really good book um but like at the time in 47 it was like the post-war austerity or whatever and so the the royal wedding at the time was like a way to bring britain out of the Mm post-war whatever so it was definitely a a huge huge deal Mm -hmm. so in 47 ann hughes and miriam dasson who has uh, fled France and come to England. That was very fancy what you just said. Yeah. Dasson. I liked it. Thank you. I listened to the audio a little bit as ah, well. Ah, nice. So, yeah. Um, but they're two of the embroiderers that hand embroider all of the stars and the flowers, um, basically in the research I've done mm-hmm. outside of this book because I'm a super huge nerd. Uh, was she- it, were pictures of it, of her dress, and any of your royal books that you have like the coffee yes. table books yeah mm. definitely oh there's also they're plastered all over the internet sure but her it was really it was a very simple modest dress mm-hmm. for the time because it was you know like low key or whatever but it was beautiful and the flowers she had embroidered on the the veil specifically represented the commonwealth there was mm-hmm. like a flower from each of the areas in the commonwealth i'm pretty sure megan cool. did that as well Oh, yeah, I think mm-hmm. she did. Yeah. Um, which was just really 
interesting but they were all you know hand embroidered by these women who spent hours and hours and hours embroidering them Mm -hmm. but then the story is also about in 2016 in canada heather mckenzie's grandmother her beloved nan has just passed away and she never ever talked about her life in england but she's left heather these hand embroidered flowers Mm. and so heather goes backwards in time while anne and miriam are going forwards in time and they meet in the middle and you figure out what happened in the full story and it's just it's beautiful it's completely beautiful. beautiful but yeah there was a reason why the person who ends up being Heather's grandmother leaves England. Mm. Something happened. There's a catalyst for it. And then she completely shuts that off and never talks about it again. Hmm. And and so you figure out what happened. At the same time, it's the backdrop of the royal wedding, which sure. is always just lots and lots of oh, fun. Yeah. But it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it very much. I'm glad. You did really good in that episode. Way to go, me. Yes. I think you need to read some of the ones that I have recommended. I think you only have read one of them. Probably, yeah. <laughs> So, we should do that again, though. Absolutely. That was so much fun. It was. It was a lot of fun. Okay. My last one that I'll talk about is Dewey, the small town library cat who touched the world. And this is by Vicki Myron. I've seen pictures of the cover of that, and he's precious. He's so beautiful. So this follows Dewey. He was found in the book drop-off in Spencer, Indiana during the coldest night of the year. So can we talk about what kind of asshole drops a kitten, a baby kitty, a precious little baby, into a metal box during a blizzard? Like, could could you not? That made me so mad. He had little frostbites on his toes. Sweet baby. But they find him... In the early morning, take him out, warm him up, and he's just the sweetest, sweetest boy. They decide that the library will be adopting him, Aww. and they name him Dewey Readmore. That's his full name. I love it. <laughs> it's so cute. I love it. I love it when animals have full names. <laughs> <laughs> we have a dog named Chandler Bing. Nice. So. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, and then, so he's, he just becomes the mascot for this library at first but then he becomes the mascot for the struggling town in indiana that's kind of on a downward spiral because it's in a rural part and farmland is kind of i struggle with that word so much i was just gonna be like plow through it you've got this (laughs) you did good thank you (laughs) but it's just you know farmland is a dying kind of society Mm -hmm. and so This city is really struggling. They're not really sure whether to try to develop it or just kind of let it go to hell. Like it's, it's, they find him at the perfect time and he becomes the mascot and people eventually road trip to this tiny town in Indiana just to meet the library cat. People come from China to film him for a documentary about cats. Like he just becomes this huge deal. That's awesome. He's really precious. You get some inside in insight into the town itself, how it was developed, what happened to it. There was a great fire. They had to rebuild. So they kind of covered that a little bit. I was just there for the cat because mm-hmm. I'm a crazy cat lady. Yes. But yes, you are. It was lovely. He lived 19 years, Aww. which is a long time for a that kitty, is. though. But as soon as it, he got older and older, I was like, please stop. Please stop the book. 
please stop the book. Like I just, I just can't handle it. But it was, it was very nice. It was, it was a sweet story written by a woman that truly, truly loved this cat, Aww. which I love. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was very yeah, sweet. Yeah, that sounds precious. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay, my last book is part of our 2020 project of read books that you own. Oh, nice. Yes. Uh, so I have owned this book for, I think, four years now. Way to go. <laughs> yes. But I finally read it. Yay! Woohoo! I feel like I deserve a medal. I uh, have an Oscar at home if you would like yes, it. Yes, okay, I need it. I will it. bring it. I will bring it. Thank you. But as mentioned previously, we are doing a the Unread Shelf project for 2020, trying to clear out some of our massive amount of books that we own that we haven't read yet and have hit the I personally have hit the pause button on buying new books until I can clear out some of my old ones so this is technically the first one I've done so far I've only done one so (laughs) So, yeah but that is the devil in the white city and that is by Eric Larson so he is quite loquacious and dense in his stuff it took me two weeks and I am a fast reader but I couldn't do more than like 50 pages at a time just because it was really dense mm-hmm. um I think it's like a 450 page book mm-hmm. and it's tiny little letters <laughs> and tiny little pages <laughs> but uh before I get into it there is going to be a series or movie I haven't discerned yet probably a movie leonardo dicaprio is spearheading this project and martin scorsese has signed on to be the director of course they work together yes so that makes me think it's going to be a movie Mm -hmm. which is really cool so they're going to make this into a movie nice yeah but this is about the chicago world's fair in 1893 and h.h holmes the America's first serial killer. <laughs> yes. So they really don't have anything to do with each other except that they coincide. They happen right. at the exact same time. Well, it was the opportune time for him to be a serial killer because people yes. were coming from all over. Yes. And so there was no one really to say like, wait, this person's missing because they're out of, most yes. of them are out of towners. Yeah. And I didn't realize until reading some into this book but also reading capturing the devil which was the the final book in the stock and jack the ripper series at the time chicago was a very progressive place where young women could go out without chaperones yeah so they could work yes they start they would they were gaining freedom in this place that was you know a little further out west and it was the perfect picking ground Mm -hmm. for young women to just disappear right but it was it was really a good book it, it talks about it, it alternates back and forth so the person that it spends the most time with is daniel burnham who is the main architect of the chicago world's fair okay so it starts right before they're gonna get the bid that chicago gets the bid and then they pick Burnham. And so it talks about all of that. And it talks about his plans for the fair, the construction, picking the site, all of that. Talks about all of the fair firsts, like the Ferris wheel and mm-hmm. Cracker Jacks and shredded wheat and all of the first things that were done at the fair. Mm-hmm. But then in interspersed, it does a full biography of Herman Mudgett, a.k.a. H.H. H. Holmes, and his childhood um, there's not a lot known about him, obviously, because it's so long ago. And also because he was a very prolific liar. Mm-hmm. 
So, so it's really hard to discern the truth. Right. But he went to medical school, and then that's where he kind of, like, got into uh, cutting open people and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and he was also married twice, mm. had many mistresses. None of the other ones knew about each other because he'd, sure. he'd marry a new person and then get tired of her and kill her. Nice. Um, only one of his wives lived, and he that was the first one, and he left her pretty early on in okay. another town. And then just changed his name and moved sure. on, which you could do back then. Right. But also it was about the Murdo Castle, which was just terrifying. Terrifying. It's insane. And about how he would hire certain groups of people to do certain things and nobody really knew the full picture except mm-hmm. his two little cronies that he had working for him. And so it was just, it was really, really, really fascinating. Mm. And the story kind of wove together really well. It was just really big, really dense. Right. From what I understand, Eric Larson can make very uh, information-heavy topics become pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's got another one about the uh, the ship left left to uh, it starts with an L, but about a ship the that, Lusitania. Yes, he's got a book about In World that. World War One, the sinking of the Lusitania. Yes, he has uh, just as big book just mm-hmm. about that and i mean this is non-fiction mm-hmm. but it kind of reads like a fiction story right because it's like is this this is real this is right i did find myself enjoying the h.h holmes parts more than the architect i think if you're a fan of architecture mm-hmm. you probably would enjoy it but it was a bit tedious at times sure but still the way that he wove the two pieces of the story together that really weren't related mm-hmm. and kind of connected them it was just really brilliant that's awesome yeah and I finally read it. Check. So proud of you. Yes. I, I think I had been putting it off because it was so mm-hmm. thick. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I did m- it. My book that I've been putting off is The Count of Monte Cristo. Yes. That's it a big one. It is gigantic. Yes. And it's older. And mm-hmm. it's not my jam. But I know the story. And it's such an awesome story that I mm-hmm. desperately want to read it. Yeah. So that's going to be one. It's probably going to take me all year, but I want to read it so bad. I would like to read Winter's Tale this year. It's really big. We both tried to read it a few years ago mm-hmm. together and couldn't do it. So I would really I, like to push through because I don't really think I gave it a fair shot. Sure. Um, I think maybe it was just a bad time. Yeah, yeah. I think we both kind of stopped in like the second or third chapter, mm-hmm. but uh, just to push through. Cause, but it is so daunting. And I think uh, Anna Karenina is mm. the same. And I really want to do that one this year. See, I, that is not on my wish list. Really? Uh-uh. See, I think it's, well, it's period. It's, it was not period at the time, but, right. <laughs> but it is now. And it was just and kind of fascinating. That, uh, uh, Dostoevsky? Who wrote Tolstoy? Oh, okay. Who wrote who? What did Dostoevsky write? I couldn't tell you at the moment. He wrote something. Yes, he did. I know the name, and you'll have to fact check that. But I'm I sure it's something very it. famous. It is something very famous because every time I see it, I'm like, I gotta read it. But ugh. yeah, maybe we should pick a buddy read this year, each of us, and try to do a classic, and see how that goes. <laughs> My, another classic that I desperately want to read this year is Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. Never read it. It's one of my favorite Austin stories, but mm-hmm. I've never read it. And I need to. Yes. And I own a very pretty copy. Yes. I want to get through, maybe not this year, I don't know, I have high hopes, Jane Eyre. Whew. 
and I really, really want to give another go at Wuthering Heights because just I want to be able to say that I've read that, sure. but it's just so mm-hmm. it's so daunting. So many moors. Yes, the moors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that that is so I funny, know. but it definitely is. All right, guys. Well, I hope you guys found some good stuff to read. Yes. I know mine, mine, I didn't have a whole lot for you. Yeah, but, but you had some very interesting reads, some specific topics. I know, and... hilariously. So I literally didn't put two and two together until I was writing them down. And I was like, oh, well, that's funny. <laughs> I guess because it's, it's a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really think that it's a big deal yeah. until I'm talking about it to someone that mm-hmm. it isn't part of your life it's mm-hmm. like oh that's funny like mm-hmm. yeah but that's why we read you know yeah things from other perspectives exactly. all the time just to kind of make it normal yeah. to normalize it i like it all right guys well we will talk to you next week yes we've got some fun things planned for february so yes, stay tuned and it's black history month so we've got some great stuff going on yes very excited all right bye, bye.